Hi, everyone. This is Tanny, and welcome back to another episode of the Man to Man College Podcast. Today, we'll be doing episode three, covering the 2021 NFL season. Today, I have my good friend and co-host Mason joining me today. What's up, guys? Mason, how are you doing today? Pretty good. Nice Wednesday morning. I'm glad you're doing good, just like that Justin Tucker record-setting field goal for the Ravens to win it. Just ignore the fact that we almost lost to the Lions, but hey, we got the win. That's what counts. <laughs> so the past couple, I'll say five or ten podcast episodes, we've kind of had a certain formula to it. But when we're doing something different today, we're going to be going over five teams who have winning records and talking about are they truly good? And then five bad teams who have bad records and talking about are they truly bad? The five good teams we have are the Raiders, Panthers, Bengals, Packers, and Broncos. So I want to start with those first. The first team I'm going to talk about is the Las Vegas Raiders. They're 3-0. Is a success or not impressed, which mm-hmm. <laughs> fantastic naming. But I'm going to go with success. I think that this Raiders team deserves to be 3-0. And the main reason is the offense. So their quarterback, Derek Carr, as many may know, I've discussed on this podcast, I'm not the biggest fan on Derek Carr. I'm not super high on him. And altogether, before this season, I had the Raiders winning like four to five games. But three games in, and I'm high on this team, and it has to do with Derek Carr. He's not only a great leader, and that's something I want to talk about, but he is a very talented player, and I think the Raiders are using him in a way that benefits him before here this season the Raiders almost used Derek Carr like a game manager like he was almost kind of checking it down making very easy reads over the middle of the field and while there's nothing wrong with that I just feel like that they weren't using his arm talent which he does have and I feel like they're almost putting a focus more on the running game there are teams like the Titans Vikings Browns who can run the football and have success that's great because they they have excellent running backs. The Raiders have good running backs. Josh Jacobs, I do like. They have Kenyon Drake, who looks to be a free agency signing, but he's done like nothing. And, you know, I just felt like when the Raiders were running the football more, it wasn't really going in a direction that was the best way for them. So now that I think they're putting an emphasis on have Derek Carr throwing early on first and second down. That's getting the offense going more in a positive direction. They're stirring the football. Peyton Barber had a huge game against the Dolphins, which was great to see. Peyton Barber used to be on the Buccaneers a couple of years ago. He wasn't so good, but it was nice to see him break out. So not only is Derek Carr playing very well at MVP level, but I like this offense. You have Hunter Renfro, who's still very young. He's a very nice route runner. He's very technical of his routes. He kind of reminds me of a young Adam Thielen. Almost we can really put the ice on a corner with his route running ability to stop and go. You got Henry Ruggs, the second-year speedster who is showing improvement with ball tracking down the field and his catching. Darren Waller, who's a do-it-all tight end. You also have Brian Edwards, who has been looking nice. The defense, I like the, um, the front seven, right? The edge rushers, you got Max Crosby, who's nicknamed Mad Max. He's just an insanely fast off the edge and can get pressure really well. They also have Yannick Ngakwe, who's bounced around teams for a bit, but I like him with the Raiders because I think they're using him off the edge very well in a place where he can 
defend the run yet still affect the pass. The secondary, I do have some questions about. I sometimes think that they're not as physical, and they play a team. The Raiders play the Chargers this coming Monday, which I'm excited for. I think that'd be a great game. But how are they going to do against physical wide receivers like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams? Besides that concern, the Raiders are looking pretty good. Their schedule is still very favorable. They still have all the NFC East plus the Bears. So I think they win probably three or four games. The division, it's tough, but, I mean, they could beat the Chiefs. I mean, the AFC, I'll probably say the Raiders are about the third or fourth best team. I'll probably say Browns are better than them and the Bills. The Titans and Raiders are kind of on the same plane for me. Um, so, yeah, Mason, I'm going to go with the Raiders at it is true success. If you want to say your thoughts on the Raiders and then jump into the Panthers. Yeah, so I think, yeah, I agree. They're 3 0. Um, they beat the Ravens, which was an impressive win. They beat the Steelers, which was another impressive win. And then they beat the Dolphins. All three teams had 10 plus wins um, the previous year, which is uh, a really good start for them. And uh, I think a lot of that has to do with Derek Carr. <clears throat> He's like leading the league in passing yards by like a good stretch. Um, no one's even like really close to him right now and he's just been on fire it's kind of like I think it's him and Gruden kind of meshing together finally um, it, t- it took three years but <laughs> they're, they're definitely starting to work now better late um, than never yeah no I'm definitely impressed with this team I'm, I'm mostly impressed with Derek Carr he's taken a another step in kind of like his 2016-2017 year when he was kind of an MVP candidate he's kind of becoming back into his form um, Henry Ruggs is definitely improving. Darren Waller is still a top three tight end. Um, and they're doing this with Josh Jacobs being injured, too. I mean, he was out mm-hmm. the past two games. Uh, first game, he had two touchdowns, so he's still a big part of that offense. So when they get him back, their offense is going to be, be more stacked. And then on defense, Max Crosby's having a breakout year almost. I mean, he had a little bit of a sophomore slump, but now he's like, you can't block this dude. He's like at the Daniel Hunter speed where he just gets past you and he'll get in your face within seconds. Um, but, yeah, like you said, that front seven's nice. Secondary is a little concerning. I'm not a big fan of Jonathan Abraham. Uh, he's like a former first-round pick safety. I've just wa- I've seen a lot of plays where he's just getting stiff-armed or burned. I'm like, all right. He's, I've seen this <laughs> dude on ESPN too many times this year. Um, <laughs> but, no, I like their young uh, corners of Dr- Trayvon Mullen and Damon uh, Arnett. They're both pretty solid. They just are pretty young, but – They'll get better with time, but overall, very impressed with this team. And then hopping into another 3-0 team, the I think it shocked a lot of people how good this team has been so far. And I'm, I would say I'm impressed as the <clears throat> Carolina Panthers. They they played the Texans and Jets where they're not like super teams, and obviously they're, they shouldn't win the games, but I, I really like how Sam Darnold has fit in with this offense. I mean, Joe Brady had a really impressive year last year. He continues to do that. Wouldn't be surprised if Joe Brady finds a head coaching job soon in the NFL just because he's a very, very sound coordinator. Um, Christian McCaffrey was having a really big year until, of course, he got injured. So we're going to see how that affects him down the road. Uh, DJ Moore is having a fantastic year. Um, He's having his best year yet, probably. Um, Robbie Anderson's kind of taken a step back almost, which is kind of weird because I thought him and Arnold Arnold would kind of like connect more from that New York days, but Seems like Darnold really likes uh, DJ Moore as his main target. Um, Terrence Marshall, the rookie, he's been pretty nice. Uh, not used a ton so far, but a nice, like, number three option for him. 
Um, and that defense, uh, Hassan Reddick and Brian Burns, uh, we talked about a lot of this in the offseason, but they're living up to the hype as a young pass rushing duo. They're going to be really good this entire year. Hassan Reddick's probably going to get a big extension this offseason, probably from the Panthers. Um, J.C. Horn was playing so good, and then he unfortunately broke his foot, so he might be out the rest of the year, which is so unfortunate because he was absolutely balling out. Um, Dante Jackson, not a lot of people talk about him. This dude's a, like a athletic freak like you can you'll try to throw the ball over him and then he'll like jump 40 inches in the air and knock the ball away it's absolutely ridiculous but no I'm really impressed with this team it's a young team I think they're going to lose a couple games that they should win um but overall I'm really impressed with how they're playing yeah I like how you mentioned Dante Jackson because when he was drafted in 2018 he was playing at like a really high level and then he kind of slumped for the past two years or so so it's nice to see him playing well also Shaq Thompson you know when Luke Keekley retired about two years ago that was just big hit that really devastated a lot of Panthers fans and I think Shaq Thompson's done a good job filling in I'm kind of in the middle of this um the the best part of this is Sam Donald looking great <clears throat> not only is he making really great decisions he has elite ball placement he's also athletic which is something we've never really seen i think those three factors are good to see i'm just interested to see how this team deals with the adversity they have with the injuries right a lot of teams who have won <clears throat> and success recently have had to deal with injuries like right the year the chiefs won the super bowl about two years ago mahomes was injured for like a four game stretch you know, and then the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl, Carson Wentz was out for the postseason. We all know how that one with Nick Foles coming in. But I'm just interested to see how the Panthers deal with this. And I, I think that they will be a playoff team this year. Um, Matt Rule, the head coach for the Panthers, it's kind of funny because he was the head coach of Baylor before this, and I believe Temple. And how he coached there was like the first year, his teams did not do well, but then they, like, succeeded after that at a really high level. We're seeing that with the Panthers last year. They were about five to six win team, and this year they're already three now. So I'm excited to see how they do. They have some tougher opponents, but I really like this defense. They also traded for C.J. Henderson from the Jaguars. So I don't know what the heck the Jaguars are doing. Um, they say they're rebuilding now. They're trying to win the young pieces. I don't know. Poor Trevor Lawrence, save him, please. But um, moving on, want to go from one big cat team to another. I have the Bengals who are two and one. Um, I, I think that this team, I, I'm going to lean towards success with with them. The main reason is Joe Burrow. He is playing really great. There's this one play on Sunday. It was the Steelers game, which the Bengals won, um, and it was like. I think it was second and five at the Steelers, like, 10-yard line. The Bengals are driving in this empty set for Burrow, meaning no one's besides him. It's just everyone's out wide, and it's him in the backfield. And he sees that the Steelers are spread out, and he decides that, oh, they're playing man coverage. He goes up to the line. He calls an audible Peyton Manning style, and he calls his own number, basically, meaning he keeps it on a quarterback draw, he gets the first down. I'm like, okay, great job. And then they hurry up to the line. And then the next play, he has like a crossing route open over the middle of the field with his tight end. And if he threw it, probably get a first down, maybe a touchdown. 
but he waits and goes to the back of the end zone with his end route. And I believe it was Jamar Chase who caught a touchdown there. So that really showed for me the high level thinking and processing of Joe Burrow. Um, besides that, the offense is good. Joe Mixon is consistent. Let's go. <laughs> He's having more than one good game a year. Jamar Chase is really playing great, which I'm glad. I'm glad that he's doing well. Um, he seems to have that, like, nice mix of speed, but yet kind of deep threat ability catching. Kind of reminds me of Stefan Diggs a bit. And the defense is, is playing well. They've been a pretty nice um, unit. Um, the defensive corner, his name is, like, Lou and no Rumo. He's been with the Bengals for, like, a couple of years now, but – this unit's playing well, and it's weird because the Bengals had a lot of people leave, right? They had, like, Carl Lawson, William Jackson leave this offseason. But I wonder if, in a sense, maybe having some new faces on the defense helps. So I want to go with success. They're 2-1. and one. They beat the Vikings and Steelers. Those are two teams who are not easy to beat. Well, Steelers, I don't know, it depends. But <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go with success. For the Bengals, I've been really impressed with them. Mason, if you want to say your thoughts on them and then go into the next team. Yeah, more of in the middle, leaning towards success on this one. I just – the one reason I'm not, like, totally impressed by them is just because that that Bears loss was pretty bad. Um, and the Bears um, – we're not going to talk about them today, but they have been really bad this year offensively. And even defensively, they have not lived up to the hype. Um that, that team, I mean, Khalil Max having a really quiet year. Their secondary is getting burned every um, every second. So that loss really um, scared me. Joe Burrow threw three straight picks that game, um, which happens, obviously. But that's why I'm not totally on the success route, just because the Steelers, I think, are a good team. But I don't. I think Big Ben is washed. I think it wasn't that hard of a victory. And then the Vikings game, I think, I think luck was a little bit on their side that game, just because the Vikings have horrible luck with their kickers and coaching staff, but, um, but Joe Burrow, yeah, he's been pretty impressive in those two wins. Um, he's looked, I mean, I've said it ever since he came out of college, he's like, looks very professional um, in the way he handles things. Like Justin Herbert has all the time, but there's some times where he gets a little too uh, under pressure and kind of just makes mistakes. I don't really see that much with Joe Burrow. Um same with these other uh, quarterbacks like Daniel Jones. He's in his third year. I'm still not. He's not that typical um, professional quarterback who's like always un, like always calm no matter what happens. Like Joe Burrow is that guy, and you want a quarterback like that, like the Peyton Manning's, Brady's, and Aaron Rodgers of the world. I'm not saying he's going to live up to that, but if you look at all of them, they're always going to be calm, professional in the way they play, and it works out for them. Um, so I'm really impressed with them. Joe Mixon. Finally, playing consistent. He's got all the talent in the world. Just needs to put it together. Jamar Chase, offensive rookie of the year. I'm calling it. He's absolutely balling out. Um, T. Higgins also having a, a pretty big year. Tyler Boyd. He's kind of become like the deep target only. He used to be like the every catch guy. Now he's kind of becoming like the deep guy. T. Higgins is more of that intermediate. Uh, medium catch guy now. Jamar Chase is just – he's going to catch whatever he wants pretty much. Um, the defense, yeah, the defense has been pretty good. Jesse Bates uh, has been playing really solid. Um, I, I forgot their their linebacker, Logan Wilson, just had a huge game. I think he won AFC Defensive 
<clears throat> player of the week. He had like 14 tackles and two picks. Dude was a monster. Hopefully um, that's someone that can they can build around on that defense. But, yeah, those two wins are really good. Just need to see a little, little more consistency. Yeah, I like how you mentioned the Bears. Um, like the offensive line, talking about them on this podcast not, is not, going to be non-existent. But <laughs> yeah, um, I forgot to mention Logan Wilson. He played pretty well. He didn't win AFC um, Defensive Player of the Week. That went to Miles Garrett. But this Bengals team is showing growth. And I wonder what it is because last year was like, I don't know. But the coaching staff seems to have turned it around. I like how you mentioned the professionalism. And I wonder if Joe Burrow – Maybe him coming back because he had a really bad, you know, injury last year. I wonder if him coming back motivated this team to perform better. I don't know, but it's neat to see. So, yeah, um, happy about the Bengals. They play the Jaguars, which is going to be fun to see Joe Burrow versus Trevor Lawrence. Um, so, yeah, Mason, if you want to go into your next team. Yeah, so the next team is the Packers. They're 2-1. and one. Um, Had a horrible loss to the Saints week one, but then they – turn around with two wins, but honestly, I'm kind of in the same boat with the Bengals. I mean, kind of, uh, kind of in the middle. I'm, I'm honestly leaning a little bit towards unimpressed because I feel like this team has a lot more potential um, than it's showing at the moment. Devontae Adams finally had a good game week three. Um, Aaron Jones has been balling out. He's been the best player on that team. I'd say he's been absolutely killing it. And he had a monstrous four touchdowns against the Lions, but I mean, if we just go week by week, week one, I mean, it, it was absolutely an embarrassment. I think you can ask anyone that 38 to three to any team. I don't care who it is. That's you shouldn't lose like that, especially with a team that's titling themselves the last dance. Um, and then in week two, they it was a close game with the Detroit Lions up until that fourth quarter. And I know the Lions aren't some pushover team, but they're also not a very good team. I mean, they're 0 and three. Dan Campbell's, I really like him as a coach. I think he's doing a really good job. But, I mean, the Lions just don't have talent, and they're a brand-new team working together. There's no reason why you shouldn't blow the doors open on them in Green Bay, um, especially after a terrible loss. And then week three, I think they're lucky that they escaped with a win in Santa Clara um, because Aaron Rodgers put together a fantastic game-winning drive. But, I mean, they got so many breaks. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo had one of the worst fumbles. In NFL history, I mean, I don't have no idea what that was. I mean, absolutely embarrassing by him. But, I mean, the 49ers were pretty – they're banged up a lot. I mean, they had, like, no running backs. Jimmy Garoppolo is making a ton of mistakes, and you guys barely escaped a win. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I just feel like I expect more. This defense also hasn't been uh, impressive at all. <clears throat> the only one who's been good is Jair Alexander, really. Um, he's been the only consistent one. Z- Zadarius Smith has been a little quiet. Uh, Kenny Clark has been pretty good. Um, he's always going to be a monster in, in the middle of that offensive line. But, yeah, other than that, I mean, it's just like I feel like Rodgers has been playing okay. I mean, he's he's had the past two weeks have been better. Devontae Adams, he hasn't been the Devontae Adams we know. Um, Randall Cobb, he got all this hype uh, bringing him back. I mean, he has not been that impressive either and then Robert Tunyon who had a great year last year has been also pretty quiet so I'm just like not really impressed with this team even though they are two and one yeah I agree with you Mason Randall Cobb there's so much hype about that coming into the season they're reuniting with Rogers and it's been like um <laughs> yeah he had like one target zero catches this past game 
I don't know. It's just I, I I was like, okay, cool, he's back, but he's to the point where he's not who he used to be. I'm gonna go not impressed. You know, the, the Packers defense is just it's Jarrell Alexander's a top-tier corner. I hope he gets more recognition. But besides that, like the pass rush has been nice, not elite. The linebacking core still has some issues. I feel like the 49ers game, they started out really great. The Packers did. I was like, okay, and Rodgers looked pretty good that game. That was kind of a classic Rodgers game, especially the end of it. But the 49ers almost kind of came back and won, even though they had mistakes. And I was kind of telling a bit. I do think that this Packers team will win double-digit games, but I don't know if they're going to be kind of this team that is like really difficult to beat. Um, they played the Steelers this week. I think they – win that then they play the Bengals the week after which is going to be very telling and the Packers have some games late they have the Chiefs Seahawks Cardinals Ravens Browns we'll see how they do with those games I think the Packers Chiefs and Seahawks all kind of the same three teams we have an elite quarterback great wide receiving core and options well Green Bay's kind of eh and then and defense and I think that we've seen the Seahawks and Chiefs only have one win Packers have two you would just like to see more defensive talent. So I'm going to hop in to the fifth team here. We have on the list, if, you know, success or not impressed, that's the Denver Broncos. I'm going to go success. I am super high on this team. First of all, that defense is great. Von Miller is playing really good. And it's good to see that because Von Miller, you know, 2015, 2016, he was kind of one of those players who's really dominant. And, you know, then he was quiet. It's like, is the age of Von Miller done? But he's playing great. He's getting after the quarterback. Bradley Chubb is out, um, I believe, for a, it's either like 10 weeks of the season. It's a long time. But this Broncos defense is still getting stuff done. Vic Fangio, the head coach of the Denver, you know, he's been someone who I haven't been impressed with the past couple of seasons, but I thought this year he's really looking like that defensive mastermind. He's playing people all over the field. He's using them in different positions. That secondary is flying everywhere. Patrick Sertain looks incredible. A.J. Johnson had two sacks against the Jets. I believe he's like – I think he's a defensive tackle. I don't think he's an edge rusher, so – that just goes to show you that Vic Fangio is using people in different places. And that offense, too, Teddy Bridgewater has, I don't think, thrown an interception yet, which that's very hard to do. Even though the NFL is very pass-heavy, interceptions just kind of happen. The fact that Teddy Bridgewater hasn't done it is impressive. It's not like he's checking the ball downfield. No, he's, like, going deep. He's been going deep to Corlin Sutton, who looks great. Noah Fant is an emerging tight end. Um the one kind of bummer about this was um, is that KJ Hammer's out for the year who um, looked like he was going to break out this season, but hopefully the Broncos find other options. The running game's great as well. Melvin Gordon looks great again. He was pretty good with the Chargers in like 2016 to 17, so it's nice to see him playing at a high level again. He's a good power back. Javante Williams, the rookie, is very elusive. He can really switch direction well. I know the Broncos have beaten bad teams, but they've done it very well. They host Baltimore this week. I think that they could win. So, yeah, I'm I'm going success for the Broncos. Yeah, I'm going um, success. They are 3-0. I'm just not super high on them. I think I need to see more from them. 
like some of these other teams, I've kind of already know what I got, but the Broncos have a great defense. I just, it worries me how this offense will do against a, a good team just because, I mean, the, it's just a fact that teams they've beaten are 0-9 combined. I mean, that's not crazy. Like, <laughs> they haven't beaten a winning team or a team that has won anything. So I just need to see a little – I need to see them against a tough team. And I think this Ravens game will be very telling if they're pretenders or contenders because if they come out here and absolutely shock this Ravens team and hold them to seven points and they put up 20, I think uh, I think people should take them seriously. But could also go the other way around. If Lamar Jackson – drops 40 points on that defense, and then they don't put up anything, then we're like, okay, well, what do we have in this team? But so far, they've played really good. Cortland Sutton, um, he had a really great uh, year. I think it was his rookie year. Second year, he tore his ACL, pretty much missed the entire year. Um, This year, he's kind of picking up where he left off. Um, He's really that number one receiver on the Broncos. When the Broncos drafted Jerry Judy, everyone thought he was going to be the number one, but Cortland Sutton has really solidified himself in that number one spot. Um, Judy and Hamler are going to be out for a while. Hamler out for the season. Judy might be out for the season. He's going to be out for a majority of it, at least. Um, so that's a huge blow. Noah Fant, um, he's really – he's such a weird – I feel like this is every – like, if you're not a top three tight end, this is pretty much how you play. You're, like, either have a great week or you're just non-existent. I mean, it's just weird how the tight ends work nowadays. Besides, like, the top three and Mark Andrews and even Kyle Pitts, he hasn't even been that impressive. But um, – yeah, just weird stuff from Noah Fan because he's he's really fast for a tight end. He just doesn't always get the targets um, that he commands. Melvin um, Gordon has been really impressive. Um, love that for my fantasy team. Um, been a really great uh, running back, too, for my fantasy team. Got to love him. Um, but then on the defensive side, they've been super impressive. Like, this is a, one of the best defenses in the NFL. I mean, Vaughn Miller's back. Bradley Chubb got hurt, which really sucks because Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb can't seem to stay healthy at the same time. It sucks so much because they're such a dynamic duo that we haven't seen much of. Uh, Patrick Sertain's been a beast. Uh, Kyle Fuller was a great free agency pickup. Then Justin Simmons uh, showing why he got that uh, extension. Um, but, yeah, really impressed with this entire team. Vic Vangio, still not high on him. I think he's bringing a lot of great defensive schemes and uh, versatility to that lineup, but – I'm not sure. I have to see what it, what he does against like a better coach because I just want to see I just want to see him go against a better coach because usually if you're a bottom tier coach you'll get out coached by a, the other coach and it's pretty obvious during the game. But yeah, um, really, I'm I am uh, impressed with this team so far. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it sucks about Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. It's like oh, it's like this <laughs> dynamic duo from like Batman and Robin. Now it's like if Batman always had like a leg injury or something (laughs) (laughs) it just has not been um you know that great Bradley Chubb has also been very underwhelming um to me he just he was a top probably five draft pick and he just has not looked like that even when him and Milan both on the field there's nothing exceptionally great about Bradley Chubb he's a nice player but I'm very low on him and I also am in the minority with that but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. So, um, originally we were gonna talk about five bad teams and if they're bad or not, but we're actually gonna pivot here because this morning Richard Sherman got signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a one year deal, 
And it might just look like, oh, cool, Richard Sherman's coming back. But this Buccaneers team is 2-1. and one. And they lost to the Rams. They didn't look that good. The defense struggled. So, Mason, what's your, what's your thoughts on Sherman to Tampa Bay? This Buccaneers team is looking like the ultimate, like, fantasy Madden ultimate team. Does he fix the secondary issues? And are you concerned about Tampa Bay at all? Um, I'm not super concerned with the team. I think they – I mean, they lost to probably the best team in the NFL, so I really can't hold that against them. At the end of the day, the Rams or the Buccaneers, one of those teams had to come out as a loser. And at the end of it, I would have have thought the same about each team. I think they're both really good. Um, I think the, the Buccaneers offense, I really don't have much concern for them. They, sometimes people just have off games. So Brady still had a really good game. Gronk, he got injured. I don't know the severity of it. Hopefully it's not too serious. But he's, he, for some reason, he's looking like vintage Gronk all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. He really wasn't like that last year. But this year he's been an absolute stud. Um, receiving core has been great, but – the run game is the only thing that concerns me, and it's like they have Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones who are not bad running backs when you know how to use them, but Bruce Arians, coming from a Cardinals fan, this dude does not run the football as much as he should. He, this, There's a reason why, like, Carson Palmer and uh, when he was with the Colts, Andrew Luck had all these picks is because he's always airing the ball out. Even Tom Brady had a decent amount of picks for Tom Brady's status last year. So, yeah, there's a reason why all these quarterbacks throw a lot of picks. It's because he always airs out the ball and never really uh, takes off the pressure from the quarterback and gives it to the run game. But talking about the defense, I really don't think this Richard Sherman signing is that going to help him too much. I don't think Richard Sherman is the Richard Sherman we think of when we think of Richard Sherman. <laughs> Weird <laughs> sentence. But uh, he's 33 years old. He's in good shape. But, I mean, his his Achilles. Those injuries have really taken a toll on him. I mean, you looked at him last year. He is so slow. He can't – he cannot play man. He will be good in, like, their zone schemes for sure. If they run uh, zone um, a lot more, if they throw him in the zone packages um, with Carlton Davis, um, who can uh, alleviate that pressure playing man and uh, Antoine Winfield kind of playing behind him. I think that will be good. But other than that, I really don't like – um, him playing anything else, honestly, because you're in a division where you line him up on DJ Moore, DJ Moore or Robbie Anderson are probably going to burn him. Um, and <laughs> same with um, even the Saints receivers are have they have really quick receivers. Falcons, I mean, they have Calvin Ridley, but the Falcons suck, so that really doesn't matter. But um, if they want to play. Uh, up to their standards, I think they just need more consistency from that secondary for sure. And I know they signed Richard Sherman, but I just don't think it's – I really don't think it's going to change too much just because he's 33. He has Achilles injuries, which absolutely kills the cornerback's uh, position because that really affects how you can move again. You're definitely not the same player you used to be, but I'm not too concerned about this team. I think they had this these kind of games last year where they didn't look too great, but then – as we all know, they won the Super Bowl, so I think they'll bounce back from this loss. Yeah, I like how you mentioned about going zone because that fits the Buccaneers very well because zone, you have the linebackers kind of patrolling the middle field, and you have Levante, Darren, Devin White, who are both really great, so I think that zone would work well. Man coverage, you know, if you put Richard Sherman, like you said, in that division against teams like the Saints, Panthers, and Falcons, Richard Sherman's going to look like 
the Falcons secondary (laughs) (laughs) plays in man. I think that it's, you know, that secondary cornerback wise is very young. And I think having someone like Sherman will be a good mentor. I'm just interested to see how he does. And I'm happy for him because for those who don't know, Richard Sherman has some issues about a month or so ago uh, off the field. So I'm glad he's getting another chance. Um, it'll be unique to see how it goes. And he's someone who I feel like that, yeah, he might not be the fastest um, corner, but he still has that big play mentality. And I could see an instance where if the game's really close, he could still make a big play. I think he has that capability. Um, so it's, it's cool. This Buccaneers team is looking crazy. You have Antonio Brown, Richard Sherman, Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. I mean, if you want to tell someone about this team in like 2014, they'd be like, what? And the fact that it exists is, is really cool. Um, all we need is for them to sign like Todd Gurley or Adrian Peterson, and we're good. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to take us into the week four previews. Talking about the Buccaneers, we have the big game, the Buccaneers versus the Patriots, one of the biggest matchups of football Probably going to be one of the most watched games in NFL history. Tom Brady going back to New England. I don't think the game's going to be that close. Um, I, I really don't think so. I think that the final score will be something like 35-23, Buccaneers winning. You know, I like Mac Jones so far, but he struggled the last week against the Saints. And now, you know, against this Tampa Bay defense, I don't know. I think the game's going to start off pretty good, and I think the first half is going to live up to the hype. Then I think it might be more of a one-sided game. I really don't see the Patriots winning this game. I, I don't think they have the firepower and players to keep up with Tampa Bay. New England really likes to dominate the clock and sh- throw some short to intermediate passes while Tampa Bay likes to go deep. And I think just the Buccaneers have the defense to beat the Patriots. So what, what do you think about this game, Mason? No, this is, this is like one of the biggest storylines of like NFL history. I mean, it's very rare when a, a quarterback who's been with an organization for 20 years like leaves and then plays that team again. Um, um, I think um, my theory is Bill Belichick has been scheming up a game plan for like eight months now about this game <laughs> ever since he knew about it. So I feel like maybe he's got something up his sleeve. Who knows? Maybe he signs Cam Newton for a game and <laughs> lets Cam Newton uh, run it a bunch. But uh, no, all jokes aside, I think this game will actually be pretty good because Stephon Gilmer, actually, he's not playing. Excuse me, JC Jackson in that secondary, uh, Devin McCourty lining up on that. Um, Buccaneers receivers, I think that'll be a really fun matchup um, to watch. But yeah, like you said, I think I think the first quarter will be super intense. The crowd will probably be going insane. But then probably when we get in that third or fourth quarter, uh, Tampa Bay will probably be um, pulling that game away. Um, I think Tom Brady is going to go absolutely insane just because him and him and Belichick will never admit it, but they have, they have some issues clearly because there's no reason Brady wouldn't have left if they didn't have some front office issues with Belichick. I mean, Belichick wanted to keep Garoppolo over Brady. Uh, dumbest thing ever. I don't know why you do that, but uh, um <laughs> Yeah, Belichick wanted to do that. Brady obviously was not happy about it. And Brady is more than likely, unless he has a horrible game, he's going to break the passing yards record in New England. Like, that's just 
Like, you can't make that up. Like, I don't know if the schedule makers were, like, predicting his stats or, like, all right, week four he can break the record. Let's throw him in Tampa or New England. But, like, that that thing, like, colliding with each other, that game and that record colliding and new in New England, not, like, in Tampa Bay is absolutely ridiculous. But I think it's going to be a great game. I think the crowd is going to go absolutely insane. I bet the tickets for that game are ridiculously uh, expensive. Even if the game isn't close, it's still going to be super fun to watch. Tom Brady back in New England and uh, how Belichick responds to that. Yeah, it, it's going to be crazy. Um, I thought this is one of those games, you know, like whenever an NFL highlight reel gets uploaded to YouTube, usually check back a day later. I, I could see it's like having two to three million views in like <laughs> six hours or so. I think it's going to be a crazy event, one of the most watched games of NFL history. And for good reason, it just lines up well because – the NFL rotates on a schedule, especially with these NFC, AFC games, because the Bucks are NFC South, Patriots are AFC East. It's every like four years. So the fact that I lined up here, it's just, it's just really great. Um, other games we have, I'm excited for this Browns Vikings games. No one's really talking about, but both teams kind of run this outside zone play action. I think it'll be fun to see. I have the Browns winning, but I could see it going out of the way. Plus, you have Kevin Stefanski. Returning back to Minnesota, so I don't know. I'm I'm going Browns, but the Vikings—they're only a one-win team, but they've played some pretty close games. And I could see this one. I it wouldn't shock me if Minnesota won because Kirk Cousins—he's been playing at a top-tier level. I do want to shout him out. He's been playing pretty great. Yeah, I think that game will be um, pretty good. I think I think this is like a must-win game though for the Vikings, just because you really don't want to fall to one and three um, on the year. Um, and if they get this win, it's going to be massive for them, though, because they'll be back at 500. Um, then they won't feel like they're in a big hole that they have to climb out of. And I think this is also a must-win game for the Browns because you really don't want to fall 2-2 two two in that division mm-hmm. because I really feel like that division is up for grabs between the Browns, Ravens, and even the Bengals, not the Steelers. I'm sorry, <laughs> Steelers fans. I have no faith in your team. Uh, I'm going to say it again. Big Ben is washed. But, um, uh, yeah, but this Vikings team has been really impressive. Two heartbreaking losses, um, back-to-back weeks, Bengals and Cardinals, but they finally pulled it out um, against the Seahawks, who they pretty much dominated that entire game um, without Dalvin Cook, too, so really impressive. Um, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Last year was kind of the Justin Jefferson show. The year before was Adam Thielen show, but now they're kind of like combining together in Justin Jefferson's second year. Um, really cool to see. Irv Smith Jr., uh, where are you? Kind of non-existent this season. I think um, he's hurt. He, I yeah, think he's but, the before year. he was hurt, he was pretty non-existent. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, they kind of like drafted him. Like Kyle Rudolph, later dude. Uh, we got Irv Smith before he got hurt. Uh, prayers up to him when he gets better. But before that, it's like kind of where have you been? Um, but no, Alexander Madison uh, had a really good game last week, um, and the Browns have been really good. So I think this will be a great matchup. Yeah, I'm going to just see how the Vikings offensive line does against Miles Garrett, who was just crazy against the Bears last week, getting four and a half sacks. Other notable matchups, we have two NFC West matchups here. Seahawks 49ers. I know it's the NFC West. I'm just not too excited about this game. Um, for me, both of these teams have not been the most entertaining to watch. Seahawks, I mean, yeah, Russell Wilson's great to see him throw the ball and all, but the defense, is it's not there. It's like they have the Falcons defense. Um, so I, I, I do think with that being said, Seattle does win. I could see a Russell Wilson come from behind when the 49ers have not been too impressive 
to me. Jimmy Garoppolo has been playing fine, not terrible, not great. Devo Samuel's been playing pretty well, and that is neat. But George Kittle, he hasn't been himself. He's had some nice plays here and there. That defense, I don't know. San Francisco, I think this is going to be a big win for them if they get it. I have Seattle um, winning, though. And I think if they fall to one and three, that's going to really hurt them in that division because the other game you have is Rams, Cardinals, two, three, no teams. Um, I have the Rams winning this. I just think that the Cardinals don't match up too well. Drew and Rams, I think, is going to take away DeAndre Hopkins. Aaron Donald's going to make sure Kyle Murray doesn't run away. So, yeah, uh, those two matchups are going to be very telling for this division. That's been very fun to watch. Yeah, I definitely think Rams take that game. They're just too explosive, I think. I think it's going to be a tall task for any team to take them down. But uh, that Seahawks-49ers game, big game for the Seahawks. They got to win. They cannot go to one and three. Um, And this division is just not going to work for them. And if San Francisco goes to 3-1, that'll be really big for them. Um, it'll be a big game for them. Um, but, yeah, I'm honestly, Kyle Shanahan has kind of been, like, really annoying. Like, you you look at a bunch of 49ers fans, like, they're not been too happy with him just because he has, like, a man crush on Jimmy Garoppolo. And, B, he's, like, he was, like, basically limiting uh, Brandon Ayuk in the first two weeks because he missed a curfew or something. He was just making up dumb excuses why Brandon Ayuk wasn't playing. And then in week three – IU kind of just like popped off. I mean, he scored a touchdown on Jair Alexander. Um, so don't know why Kyle Shanahan is holding grudges for curfews nowadays, especially in a division like this. I don't care who you – I mean, the you look at the Buccaneers. They won a Super Bowl last year. Who did they sign? They signed Antonio Browns. So you got to make some tough uh, decisions um, to win the Super Bowl, and missing a curfew is not a reason why you should miss games. Um, but, no, Debo Samuel has been fantastic. Uh, Trey Sermon, I hopefully he kind of gets the ball rolling. Uh, he's been injured, so he hasn't really been able to showcase um, his skill set. Um, their secondary, the talking about both secondaries, four, or 49ers one, um, is banged up, so I can't really hold it against them. It's it's just how it happens. I mean, Jason Brett's out for the year again, which sucks. Um, but the Seahawks secondary, I mean, we talked about this before. Their starting corner is Trey Flowers. All I see on Seahawks. Fans talking about his cut Trey Flowers. Um, and for good reason, the dude is not – he's not bad, but he's probably not a cornerback one. So you can't really blame him too much just because the Seahawks really didn't address that position at all this offseason. Um, it would have been cool if they signed Richard Sherman back. Um, but obviously they just decided they wanted the flower of gardens. But, uh, um, but yeah, no, two, uh, two good games I think I'm going to – both really pay attention to because NFC West matchups are always super fun to watch. They are. I like how you mentioned the cut trade files because I'm an Eagles and Ravens fan, but I like to go to other teams' social media pages and I go to the Seahawks social media page and the comments <laughs> are like, cut trade files, fire DC, cut trade files, cut trade files, fire <laughs> DC. That's all it is in Seattle. It's brutal. They're like, their defense start last year started out really bad and it was like pretty nice. Now it's just bad i think it's for the best that jimmy garoppolo is a starting quarterback for the four names because if trey lane started here would be the reality he would have a game where he looked pretty good in the first game he would have like three touchdowns one pick you're like oh it's trey lance then the next week 
after teams have tape on him, he'll probably have like a two to three interception game. He's still very raw. I like how he he has two touchdowns on this season. He comes in like one play here and there. I think that's good. That's what Lamar Jackson did his rookie season. So um, we'll kind of see where things go. But I would sit Trey Lance until – let me pull up the schedule real quick. I would sit him for about maybe to like week 10 or week 9 because, uh, yeah, he made some nice plays in the preseason, but he still has a lot of raw talent in him and i think that you need to iron that out because the 49ers even though i haven't been impressed with them they have a good roster let's see so after seattle it's arizona by week colts bears cardinals rams they have the jaguars week 11 maybe that's the game you put in trey lance against urban Meyer in that defense oof and then you have minnesota okay not that good of a defense seattle Bengals. Falcons, Titans, Texans, Rams. That looks a bit more favorable. We'll see, though. Um, so, yeah, I, I do like the points you brought up there, Mason. And then um, another game we have is the Colts-Dolphins, two teams who have been kind of underwhelming this season. I think it'd be close. I had Miami winning. I just trust their defense a bit more. But who do you think's winning this game? Um, yeah, just the way things have turned out. I mean, I'm probably going to go uh, Miami. They've just shown more. Um, Jacoby Brissett honestly didn't have that bad of a game. He played well um, last week. Uh, Carson Wentz is still injured. I mean, honestly, at this point, if he's injured, you just kind of got to sit him because if you keep losing games um, and Carson Wentz keeps playing, the Eagles are going to get a top five pick because if he plays enough snaps, <laughs> it turns into a first round pick. So I don't think you want to give up a top five pick if you're going to be this bad. Um, Quentin Nelson got hurt, which sucks. That's a big blow to their offensive mm-hmm. line. He's honestly been very underwhelming. Um, something about Carson Wentz and having terrible low lines just seems to happen. I don't know what his <laughs> luck is because the Colts have like a best offensive line three years in a row. Then he goes there and they're like kind of average below average, which is super odd. <laughs> Poor guy. But um, yeah, I don't know. The Colts have been really, really disappointing so far. Oh, and three. They've had some close games like they almost beat the Rams but you got to find a way to come out with one win somehow through three weeks with that team I think because that defense on paper and last year they're really good and that offense should be better than where they are right now Jonathan Taylor I'm honestly not high on him I don't think he played that good last year and I don't really think he's been too amazing this year and now Marlon Mack wants a trade so things just seem to be falling apart in Indianapolis and Miami just I think they're just a young team still, and I think they're going to pull out this win just because I think they're more experienced and have played together more. Yeah, I like the experience you bring in Mason. Also, Jacoby said played pretty well, and I think that I don't want to get too into this because I know Tua is still very young, but there was a play. It was fourth and goal. Raiders um, up by eight. It's the last play of the game. Dolphins are trailing. It's fourth down and goal. I think it was empty set. Brissett takes a snap. He's looking, he doesn't see one, and he takes it and runs it in. Gets a touchdown. Dolphins go for two. They get two. Raiders end up winning in overtime, but it was close. And I think, like Brissett taking it in, it's just kind of that play you went from that franchise QB. I don't think it's Brissett, but that's something that's been missing for me with Tua. People always mention Tua. People either love him or hate him. I'm in the middle. And I think wise because I haven't seen a moment like that with Tua where he really just kind of has that like whoa moment you know so I, I just want to mention that briefly I do think Miami does win Jalen Waddle's been playing very well as a rookie 
I'm trying to see if there's any other games. My Eagles team, they play the Chiefs, which, oh, no. Uh, Terry Kill's going to have a, a field day. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other games. I'm talking about non-existent run games. The Eagles run game in that Monday night football game was oh, literally no. non-existent with three oh, carries. No. Oh, no. I know they were down – I know they were down big pretty early, but I mean, dude, three carries like Jalen Hurts is gonna freaking his arm has to be sore. Like, yeah, he had to put like a 20 bags of ice on his arm <laughs> after that game. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah, that was the Eagles team I was expecting to see bad defense and just kind of a messy offense. So yeah, that's gonna be brutal. I think Kansas City is gonna take it to Philly. You know, the Chiefs defense is playing like the Falcons defense right now. I think that is still gonna not be good. Um, I, speaking of the Falcons, I think they could actually beat Washington. Washington's defense is not looking too good. Yeah, their defense has been super, super underwhelming. Um, and I really don't know the reason why. I mean, on paper, this defense should be top five, honestly. I mean, that front seven is ridiculous, and that secondary is honestly pretty good too. But for some reason, it's just not – like coming together, which is super odd because it's pretty much the same unit from last year. But they added William Jackson, who was an upgrade from whoever their cornerback two was last year. I mean, it just makes no sense to me. So, um, very odd. And then their offense, Taylor Heineke had a great start, and then he had a really bad start. Um, his second uh, game, Gibson finally had a decent game. Um, it was pretty disappointing the first two weeks. Terry McLaurin's been a beast all year. Mm-hmm. Um, Logan Thomas, you got the extension. I don't think he's done too much. Um, he had a nice touchdown catch. Yeah, he had a nice touchdown. Nothing crazy. Still pretty much a red zone target. Curtis Samuel, I mean, he's been a little quiet. I don't know if he's injured or something. but I think not... he is. I think yeah, he is. I, I, was about to say, I was about to say something about him. Just I feel like he'd be playing. I'd hear more about him if he was actually playing. But sucks he isn't. Um, and that Falcons team – I don't know. This Falcons team is so bad. It, they they beat they beat the Giants, but like like I said about the Rams and Buccaneers game, like one of those teams had to come out with a win. And and after that win, I don't think I was going to be impressed with either team. Like I'm just I just the Giants suck even more than I thought they did, and I think the Falcons are kind of the same. But um, that offense shouldn't be as bad as they are, and that defense is. Wow. I mean, that defense, I mean, Dan Quinn leaves and you think, wow, this defense might actually have potential to be better. And he leaves and it somehow gets worse. Um, but no, Dan Quinn's been done, uh, done a great job over in Dallas. But uh, yeah, this Falcons defense is like Swiss cheese. I mean, holes in it everywhere. I mean, <laughs> it's just bad. But uh, I'm honestly kind of excited to watch this game just because it's kind of like the battle of who will have the worst defense. Um, I think, I think it'll be the Falcons. Cause I think, I don't know. Chase Young has been a little quiet too. Got absolutely clamped week one by Rashawn Slater. Um, but I think he'll have a big game against the Falcons. Um, I actually expect like a two to three sack game from Chase Young this week. Yeah. Whoever wins this game needs to go play the Jaguars. So we can have the worst defense championship. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, the, the Falcons' defense, it's not even a defense. It's just Grady Jarrett and then other people, right? <laughs> Grady Jarrett, he's a great defensive tackle, right? You go DTs, you have number one Aaron Donald of the Rams, number two Chris Jones of the Chiefs, number three Polly Fletcher Cox of Philly, and probably number four Grady Jarrett of the Falcons. He's fast. He's disruptive. He's great. One of the more underrated players. But then you have Deion Jones, who's kind of up and down as a linebacker. He's either explosive or not, and then – 
it's just it's just tough scenes around there. Um, trying to think, there's any other games. I'm excited for Jaguars, Bengals, Panthers, Cowboys is going to be fun. I think Dallas does win, but I think if the Panthers beat the Cowboys and they go to four zero, they're definitely going to be a top ten team in the NFL. And yeah, this can be an exciting week. A lot of kind of revenge games, neat storylines. I feel like that this week we're going to really find out which teams are great, which teams are not. Uh, Mason, do you have any other games you want to mention before we head off here? No, yeah, the last game I want to talk about is that Panthers-Cowboys game. I think if Cowboys um, pull out with that victory, it's going to be massive um, in that NFC East. Um, kind of tracked winning it. Um, I think if Cowboys win this, I mean, I know it's really early in the year, but I think they're going to be – I think it's going to be very hard to um, – take them down in the NFC East just because of Washington Eagles and Giants have all been pretty lackluster, um, mm-hmm. especially the Giants. <laughs> the Giants aren't even in the conversation, honestly. It's kind of just the Eagles and Washington Cowboys are fighting for it right now. Um, so if Cowboys come on with this victory, I think it's going to be great for them because I think this team has been really good. Dak Prescott absolutely balling out from injury. Um, defense really improved. Trevon Diggs has been – he's been a stud, man. Like a pick each game. And not even just a ball hawk, but he's been breaking up a ton of passes, kind of been all over the place. Really great year from him so far. Hopefully he keeps it up. Um, and then the Panthers, they go to 4-0. That's going to be massive for them. I mean, that, I think it's going to be time that people start taking him seriously. And, I mean, yeah, so whoever wins this game, I think it's going to be uh, really big for their year. Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning towards Dallas, but I agree. It's, like I said, going to be a very telling week. Um, which I, that's kind of what I like about the early season. You have some, okay, week one, two, three, some fun games, and then week four you kind of find out. I feel like weeks like one, two, and three are kind of football's back. Weeks like four through seven are kind of like what are teams, and then like eight through like 12 is like can these teams stay consistent, and 12 onwards like the playoff, can they get playoff spots? That's kind of how the NFL works. So, yeah, whatever happens, we'll be there to cover. And, Mason, thank you for joining me. Yeah, thank you. And see y'all for another episode. Take care and have a good one.